Disney Decipher, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. On today's episode, we take a look at the changes Disney is making to its on-site hotel benefits and how that affects whether staying on-site is worth it or not. Final episodes of this podcast at DisneyDeciphered.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere you find podcasts. And we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a positive review. Connect with us anytime, DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, at www.deciphered on Twitter, or on our Facebook page, Disney Deciphered. If you'd like to support the show, you can check us out on Patreon.com slash DisneyDeciphered, or you can book a trip through me as your travel agent at no cost to you. Let me do all the hard work for you. Get started by emailing josephchung at travelmation.net. Thanks, and enjoy the show. I'm Joe from As Joe Flies. And I'm Leslie from Trips with Tykes. And welcome back to Disney Deciphered. So on today's episode, Disney just dropped a couple announcements about how things are going to be changing for their on-site hotels. So we thought it'd be a good time to kind of reevaluate whether staying on site is worth it because you know as everyone knows there is a cost premium to stay on site before we get started just want to give a quick reminder if you could leave us a positive review on apple Podcasts, we'd really appreciate that really helps us to grow as uh, more people are looking for disney advice but yeah let's get straight to it leslie so let's start with uh, just quick overview of you know what are the hotels that are still closed and we still have no reopening date for in 2021 all right, so quite a few hotels still closed. Animal Kingdom Lodge, Boardwalk, All-Star Music, and All-Star Sports, and Port Orleans Riverside, Port Orleans French Quarter. So quite a lot of properties there on that list. Yeah, I mean, we covered a couple episodes ago the ones that are reopening, like Beach Club and stuff like that, so you can refer back to that. Some people might think Animal Kingdom Lodge and Boardwalk are open because people are staying there, but just so you know, that's like the DVC portion is open. They have to like allow people to stay on uh, DVC. Let's get to deciding on whether on-site is worth it. We're going to do a quick review of the benefits that you get on-site that are still available right now. And then we're going to use that to kind of transition to the changes that Disney is making for the future. You know, let's start with what you get or what you still get right now. So for each of these, let's talk about how valuable you think it is for you. So we'll start with Disney transportation. Let's uh, just focus on Disney transportation to the theme parks right now. Being able to take a bus or a Skyliner or even walk, you know, how valuable do you think that proximity is for you when you're thinking about staying on site, Leslie? It's pretty valuable to me. And I think the Skyliner really ups the ante of the value of the Disney transportation. Obviously, if you're staying at a Skyliner resort or if you're often needing to use the Skyliner to say go between like Hollywood Studios and Epcot or something like that. So it is pretty valuable to me. It is reduced somewhat by the fact that if I were going right now, I still probably would be more inclined to get a rental car just for social distancing and and flexibility. So it's not as urgent right now. But I mean, I think as the months go by this year in 2021, more and more people are going to feel comfortable using transportation instead of their own rental car, you know, as things improve on the COVID front. So yeah, still pretty valuable to me, but it does kind of depend on where you're staying. What about you, Joe? Yeah, I would say this is the most valuable thing, uh, or at least the most valuable thing that you can put a dollar value on 
for staying on site for me just because you know you don't have to worry about ubers you don't have to worry about renting a car if you don't want to you know that you'll be able to get to any park that you want to get to using the disney transportation whether it's bus boat monorail skyliner all those options so you know i do think it's pretty valuable to just kind of stay inside uh, the disney bubble which we'll get to a little more later and so we have uh, conveniently ignored magical express for now but we promise we'll get to that later when we get to the changes now, if you are renting a car, you get free parking at the theme parks, but that's offset by the parking charge that you have to pay for staying at the hotel. So how valuable do you think the free parking at theme parks is, Leslie? Not very valuable to me because there's just not enough of a savings for what you're paying at your hotel versus what you'd be paying if you're staying off site and then paying the daily charges at the theme parks. Pretty much a complete non-issue to me. What about you, Joe? Agreed. It's like totally a wash. If you are renting a car, since you're paying for parking at the Disney hotel, it's just the same as if you're paying to get into the parking lot at the theme park. So, you know, I think that's totally a wash for me and really not much value in having the free parking because there's really very few scenarios where you're going to be like double charged for parking when you are uh, at, on your Disney vacation. So yeah, that one's uh, not that great. All right. You also get a slightly extended dining and fast pass plus window so dining reservations and fast pass plus reservations if and when they come back are always made or currently are made 60 days before your trip now for dining it's 60 days for everybody regardless of whether you're staying on site or off site but with dining you get a slightly extended window because if you're staying on site for seven days you actually can book all seven days 60 days from your first day so you actually get like a 67 day window from your last day let's just stick with dining since dining reservations still exist right now you know how valuable do you think this like slightly extended window is for dining for you when you're thinking about the value of staying on site I mean, it's kind of a nice to have. I wouldn't say it's a must have. And this definitely depends upon sort of your dining preferences right now during COVID times. If you're going to be somebody who just is going to grab a lot of quick service and sit outside and you're not really comfortable yet doing like an indoor table service dining situation, then it wouldn't be as valuable to you. But, you know, I think it's, it is a nice bonus to have, especially if you're trying to like get some hard to get reservations. You know, capacity is reduced at a lot of these places and trying to, haggle over that and find a spot especially when for example say you don't have a park hopper ticket and you're only going to be at one park on a given day like that kind of closes down your your choices somewhat so it's not going to make me make or break whether i stay on site or off site what about you joe yeah, I definitely think nice to have is a great way to phrase it. Nice to get that hard to get dining reservation. But the reality is, if you kind of really put your nose to the grind and really try to get those dining reservations, keep checking regularly, like it is pretty, I wouldn't say easy, but it is doable to get all the dining reservations you want, even without that extended window. Now, we don't know when FastPass Plus is getting back. I think you are almost 100% positive it will come back sometime. I am still a little skeptical, at least that'll come back as being completely complimentary for all guests. But regardless, what I do think will remain the same is currently, if FastPass Plus exists, on-site guests get a 60-day window to book their fast passes, plus the little extension for the extra days that you're staying there, versus 30 days for off-site guests. When FastPass Plus finally comes back, if it stays like this with the 30-day bonus, you know how valuable do you think this is? Yeah, if it comes back, it's super valuable. Often the most popular rides are totally gone 
long before the offsite guests can, you know, get them, they're gone on day, day 60. So I, you know, I, I, I guess I'm skeptical too, that fast plus plus is coming back and it's, it's old iteration. <laughs> I think there will be changes, but I think there will be some sort of a fast pass style offering, whether they, you know, maybe go with Disneyland max pass or something like that. I think there will be some benefit to onsite guests. I guess we just have to watch and wait, but this is the big gap right now in the onsite offerings. So I do think there is an incentive to bring something back on this front. What about you? I agree. I think when FastPass Plus gets back, this benefit is like super valuable, especially if you either have older kids or you're prioritizing, you know, the thrill attractions, the busy attractions. Having that FastPass Plus extended window really makes a huge difference. All right. One more thing that is currently not available, but when it is available, is only available to on-site Disney guests, the Disney dining plan. It's currently suspended. We're not sure if it'll come back or not, but if it does come back, how valuable is this to you? I feel like I already know your answer, but you know, we at least got to go through the motions. <laughs> yeah, we know each other too well at this point, Joe. I mean, I, I will respond with a resounding meh. You know, I'm not a big fan of the Disney dining plan. I know some people love it. So this is like make or break for them. But it is not how I do my Disney vacations, nor how you do your Disney vacations. And it is going to make absolutely no difference about to me about where I spend my money. So is that true for you too? <laughs> Yeah, I think now that a lot of like the hacks that you could use to save money on the dining plan have mostly gone away, it is really, if there's a scenario where the dining plan works, I will go with it, but it definitely would not make or break me staying on site. I will note that a lot of people do love the dining plan. And the reason why people love the dining plan is because it does help you to pre-budget for your food so you don't need to worry. You've paid that cost already. So you're not worried about budgeting your food and like kind of having that mental freedom to just eat whatever you want since it's really tough to use up all your dining plan allotments. So I understand why people like it. And I also understand that that is like a very big deal for people to uh, stay on site. So, you know, we get it, uh, just not personal fans ourselves, but you know, to each their own, of course. All right. The last thing to talk about staying on site, which is kind of a little bit more subjective, but the idea that you're staying in the Disney bubble and that you're kind of just like on Disney property the whole time, do you find value in that? Or do you think it's uh, good to kind of break out from being trapped within the bubble? I love the Disney bubble. That is something, I mean, you can't really quantify it, but to me, it's part proximity and part the quality of the Disney experience and all of that. So that does make a difference to me. To me, I almost always stay on site at Walt Disney World, which is the opposite of what I do at Disneyland. I usually stay offsite at Disneyland. The bubble is not as powerful there. So I think that is going to be how I keep rolling post-COVID times. What about you, Joe? Yeah, I do find a lot of value just being inside the bubble. I think it's just, I don't know, nice not to worry about, I guess, the outside world and kind of be a little shut off from that while you're on Disney property. But you can't really put a price on that. And of course, the reason why Disney likes to trap us inside the bubble is because, of course, we could drive five minutes to uh, go to McDonald's outside of Disney World and it will cost less than any meal that we have in Disney World. But still, uh, I kind of enjoy that kind of illusion of a just being part of the magic the whole entire time. But totally get why others might recognize that logically it's much cheaper to break outside of the bubble even if you're staying on site. So good for us to uh, just uh, note that. 
Totally. And I would just add that, you know, we maybe have a little bit of a strange bias because we have younger kids. I mean, I still am piling into a single hotel room with my kids. But now that I've got a tween daughter, we're going to be starting to need a little more space. And like, that's when, you know, the value of the offsite, the condo accommodations, the bigger accommodations maybe start to have some draw for us. So let's see if we answer the question the same a few years down the road, Joe. Yeah, I do wonder, I feel like when you are in the tween stage, you're kind of at that stage where, you know, you're not letting your kids go off on their own. But then I I feel like once you're in like this small window right now but then once your daughter gets old enough maybe you you'll let her like take the skyline herself to hit the parks or whatever at a certain age so you know it's 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 weird how these things change uh year to year as all parents know for sure and i've already let her go on her own at disneyland a little bit so she knows that like the back of her hand so i know it's coming really soon at disney world as well if we ever can get back there yeah Definitely. All right. So let's take a look at some of the changes to on-site Disney hotel amenities. So the big one to start with is that Magical Express Disney announced will no longer be offered as something that is included with your on-site Disney stay starting in 2022. So if you have any reservations in 2021, Magical Express still exists. But as soon as you check in on January 1st, 2022, Disney said Magical Express will no longer be included as part of your on-site hotel stay. Before we talk about, I guess, what kind of value is being lost here, you want to talk a little bit about what are some of the theories as to why Disney has taken this away? I mean, I think the answer is money, and that's (laughs) probably a good theory. I mean, you know, right now, it's really hard for it to be worth its while. You've got to do social distancing. you got to run more buses. And, you know, with the increase of ride-sharing services like Lyft and Uber, you know, people just don't find the the Magical Express necessarily quite as efficient as they want it. And they'd rather just walk straight out with their bag and, and hop in a Lyft or an Uber. Certain travelers would. So I think it's just getting too expensive for Disney to operate, especially with the current reduced capacity. And rest in peace, Magical Express. Yeah, we should say that we think that Disney will keep something around, but it'll just have a cost to it. Maybe not the full cost. There'll be some kind of price there. Now, one thing that was great about the Magical Express, so like I wanted to talk really quickly about whether the Magical Express is still worth it in 2021. It definitely is worth it to me if you're not going to rent a car because if you want to save some money, you do not need to spend on that ride share. You know, you know that Disney has transportation to get you there, but it is a little bit less worth it than it used to be because to me, the magical part of the Magical Express was the fact that if I was checking bags, I could check them in here in Boston and they would just show up at my hotel room on my Disney onsite hotel. So they're not doing that right now. Sounds like that's never going to come back and the reverse also does not exist where you used to be able to check your bags in at your disney hotel and then they would show up on the baggage claim and your home airport when you got home that's not happening either so aside from saving the 30 dollars from taking an uber or a lyft to your hotel i do think that the value of magical express has been diminished a little bit now when magical express is gone in 2022 you know how big a loss do you think that is for the disney on-site hotel experience so i think it's a pretty 
big loss for certain types of travelers. And that certain type of traveler was me maybe four years ago, like with two young kids, one in a stroller and a car seat. And that is challenging. And that's the value of the Magical Express is you don't have to bring a car seat. You just take your kid and, you know, somebody else is handling your baggage and you can put them on this bus and you don't have to worry about strapping them in and all of that good stuff. I mean, that was that was valuable to me, even though it meant I waited for <laughs> that Magical Express for maybe in 20 or 30 minutes with that squirmy toddler or something like that. It was valuable to me. It's not as valuable to me now. My youngest is old enough that he doesn't even have to be in a car seat under Florida law, which I still think is crazy. He's seven. I'd still bring a booster for him. But you know, like that's easier to manage. And I can definitely hop in a Lyft or Uber now with older kids. So the loss of value to me is less. So this is really a question of what your specific situation is, I think. What do you think, Joe? Totally agree. You know, I think the huge thing is not having to lug car seats on an airplane. Once you're not in that phase of your life, then it just becomes a straight cost savings type situation. And then, like I said, say Ubering back and forth at its worst cost you $100. Well, that's something you have to factor in if you're comparing the price of staying on site at a Disney hotel versus staying off site. For example, just to throw some prices out there for like next week, it costs $300 a night to stay at a deluxe uh, about, you know, both Yacht Club and Contemporary are running around $300 a night. But the JW Marriott is $250 a night. So, you know, depending on how many nights you stay, maybe like all the costs of whatever Ubers you need are going to be worth it to stay at the JW Marriott, which is in general a nicer hotel uh, and has a nice lazy river. These are the kinds of things that you need to think about when Magical Express goes away in 2022. Now, the other big announcement is that, you know, I think the uh, shock headlines where Disney does away with extra magic hours, that's not quite true. They are replacing it with, I don't know what they call it. I know Len Testa calls it extra magic minutes, which I think is a little unfair to the concept. But uh, the announcement is now that if you are at an on-site hotel, you are allowed access to any park 30 minutes early every single day. You have to have a park pass reservation for that park. But unlike extra magic hours, which was like specific parks on specific days of the week, now all the parks open 30 minutes early for on-site Disney hotel guests. So what do you think the value will be here for on-site guests? Or maybe we should ask what will be the loss of value for off-site guests here? Exactly. This is not necessarily a bigger value than the old extra magic hours for the on-site guests, but it's a bigger negative for the off-site guests. Because now what happens is that on-site guests are getting into every park every single day before a single person from an off-site hotel can get in, and there are going to be longer lines every day you go to parks as an off-site guest. It used to be you could kind of dodge that morning extra magic hour. You could say, you know, okay, extra magic hour is happening at Magic Kingdom today. So you know, I'm staying off-site. I don't have that. So I'm not going to go to Magic Kingdom because I'm going to be behind the eight ball. I'm going to go to Epcot. So you can't do that anymore. There's no dodging the on-site guests who are going to be ahead of you. So this is a big, big negative So for the off-site guest, of course. So I guess... It's a positive for the on-site guests. <laughs> yeah, Touring Plans estimates that off-site guests are going to spend an extra hour in line per day on average. And I think that is pretty huge. Uh, I think we've said it before on this podcast, but at Disney World, a lot of times time really is money. You want to get a certain number of attractions done per day to feel like you kind of got your money's worth out of that ticket. So an extra hour in line per day is 
pretty rough, especially when FastPass comes back. You know, I think there's going to be a lot of advantage for the onsite guests. Now, I've seen people say that, you know, 30 minutes is not that big a deal. Like getting let in 30 minutes, you know, does it really give you that much of an advantage? Well, I've been to Tokyo Disney Sea at a Tokyo Disneyland resort. And there they let on-site guests in 15 minutes early. And that 15 minutes is honestly a huge deal. Now they have the old FastPass system where you need to actually get to the kiosks and you know scan in to get your fast passes. So that's a little bit different. But that 15 minutes, like getting to rope drop one or two of those really big attractions, it makes a big difference in your touring day. So 30 minutes is double that time. And I think this is where Disney, at least out of what is announced, is finding the value for the on-site guests right now. I'm not sure it's worth the premium overall, but you know it is one of the things that you need to factor in. And it's tough to calculate the actual value, but it is very valuable, especially if you really care about attractions like uh, someone like you or me. That's right. And one thing we should add, correct me if I'm wrong here, Joe, but I don't think we've heard what hotels this early entry is going to apply to. Like, I don't know if it's going to apply to the Swan and Dolphin or the Disney Springs hotels that had been given extra magic hour in recent years. So I'm really curious to see who's going to get it down the road and how that affects some of these sort of hybrid hotels that are kind of a little bit on site and a little bit off site. Yeah, right now in the announcement, it says Disney Resort Hotel guests and guests of, quote, other select hotels. I think Disney is being purposely vague there. I do think Swan and Dolphin has such a long history with Disney that they will get it. But we talk all the time about the different levers that Disney can pull to add or subtract value from different groups of people visiting their parks. And I do think they are being purposely vague as to what hotels they're going to extend this to just so they can decide when they get closer in. Remember, the reason why Extra Magic Hours were originally offered to like Disney Springs hotels and other hotels that were not Disney on-site hotels was because demand to go to Disney World was so high. If demand is diminished for the next couple of years, just as travel and the economy recovers and stuff like that, you know, Disney might not have to offer that incentive because, you know, they'll be having enough people in their parks anyway. You know, like, like we see, like they have six hotels that still aren't even open yet. So there's a lot of kind of demand still to be filled there. So we'll have to see how it goes. All right, so let's uh, get to the big question. Personally, do you think the cost is worth it for you right now to stay on site? It still is for me. I mean, at least I think once the these early entry hours become a thing, because that, that does have a lot of value to me, the way I tour the parks with my family. And I do just love the Disney bubble. I love the proximity. I love transportation, like the monorail and the Skyliner and, and things like that. So, I mean, I still am staying on site because it works for my family in our specific situation. I, I will still use the Magical Express this year if I go. So they still have me. <laughs> even though they've cut the benefits, right, Joe? (laughs) Yeah, I think it's the same for me, especially when this 30-minute early entry happens, which I feel like they announced it so that it should be around by the summer. I mean, that's when I would guess it would be. You know, when you think about new attractions like Ratatouille, even Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run, obviously Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, you know, all these attractions, the line is going to be crazy throughout the day. And if attractions are a big deal to you, which they are to me, and attractions, honestly, they are the thing right now because, you know, you don't have fireworks, you don't have parades, you don't have character meet and greets until all that stuff 
comes back, attractions are the thing that 30 minutes really is pretty huge. You know, I would much rather spend a little more so that I don't have to wait in line. And of course, we should say the caveat that we said last week, which is that, you know, you and I, our travel budgets uh, are pretty healthy right now because we haven't traveled for a long time. So, you know, we're ready to go. So we can still definitely afford to stay on site, at least for our first Disney trip back after, uh, you know, this long hiatus. Yeah, that's right. And I know other people, some other people will be in that boat. And for some other people, their budgets are going to be tighter than they ever have been. So there's going to be people all over the map, given the shakeup that we've all experienced this year. Definitely. If you are on a tighter budget, we did want to end with some ideas for how to save money when you're staying on site. So the first thing is, you know, Disney offers discounts all the time, incentives to stay on site. Now, there's no real tip here. Of course, you can contact me if you want me to make quotes for you, uh, and I can do that for you as a travel agent. But you can also do this yourself. The real trick is you want to compare the different discounts that Disney has. So Disney currently is offering a discount where if you stay on site and package it with tickets, you get two extra days added to your tickets. But they're also offering a discount where you know when you're staying on site, you get to up to 35% off on your hotel stay. Now, the crazy thing is, you know, which of those discounts will save you more money depends on which hotel you decide to stay in. I can give you some back of the envelope, like kind of rough guidelines. If you're staying at a value, oftentimes the two day extra tickets on a short stay are going to save you more money because 20% off a $200 room is not going to save you as much as adding two days to a three day ticket for example. But then of course, if you're staying at a deluxe resort, 35% off the hotel is going to be a lot better. And you know, I have clients who are booking two rooms and I'll book one of the room with a two day extra ticket discount and one of the rooms with a 35% discount. You know, it's just, there's a lot of iterations, but the discounts are there. And I do expect they will continue to release discounts through the year. You know, right now they have discounts running through September 30th, but I expect that to be extended past then just, uh, you know, they wait a couple months before October, and then we'll see some more discounts there. All right. Another discount I know that you are more up on lately than I am, Joe, is uh, the Hotwire and the Priceline Express deals. So how are those working these days? Yeah. So I do this every few months at JGT on Twitter, John Tierney. He writes on Turing Plans blog, and he is a master at finding on-site Disney hotels on Priceline Express or on Hotwire deals. Now, the kind of catch with these deals, you can sometimes save hundreds of dollars on an on-site Disney hotel. Like, for example, you could find Pop Century at like $80 a night as opposed to the regular prices you pay, even with discounts of like $150. The caveat is when you do these Hotwire deals or these Priceline Express deals, you are locked in, it becomes non-refundable. And when you're looking for these deals, they actually hide the hotel that you choose. So there's a little bit of art to it, a little bit of science to it. On the blog, they do a good breakdown of how to do it, how to make sure you're finding the right hotels. If you're booking a last minute trip, Hotwire and Priceline Express are great ways to get really good deals on Disney on-site hotel properties. You can save a ton of money. It's just that, you know, you get locked in. It's non-refundable. So that's why in general, like when I go for these deals, I only do it like one or two weeks out from travel just so that I know that I'm going to be traveling. Like I said, every few months we link the most recent blog post by John into the show notes. And so we'll have one here if you want to kind of do some research and do some homework on how to save the Hotwire and Priceline Express deals. All right. So that does it for, you know, our kind of breakdown as to whether staying on site is still worth it, whether it's going to be worth it once these Magical Express and Extra Magic Hours changes happen. You know, we want to know what you think, whether you find 
staying on site worth it? Let us know, DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, at WWDeciphered on Twitter, or on our Facebook page, DisneyDeciphered. Before we get out of here, Leslie, why don't you share with us a Disney do or don't about staying off site, you know, just to, you know, round ourselves out, cover our bases a little bit. Sure. So the Disney do for the offsite crowd, you know, if you're looking for more space, if you're looking to, you know, really drive your, your price down, look for an offsite rental. I mean, there really is a lot of value. There's so many properties in the pretty immediate vicinity of Walt Disney World these days, even in this, you know, recession that we've had in this, you know, crazy times, there are more and more properties going up. So, you know, with demand being down, there are some really great value propositions if you poke around a little bit, I think. Yeah, and I really prefer renting houses or apartments. And you don't even only have to go through Airbnb or VRBO or any of those sites. Because Orlando is such a big market, there are like all these sites that you can find. You can just Google apartment rental or house rental Orlando, and you can find a ton of these sites. And the reason why I really like it or the time that I really like it is when you have these multi-generational stays. Because if you're trying to save money, even if you're getting multiple hotel rooms in an off-site hotel, it's still going to add up. So might as well look for a rental that has a kitchen so you can save money by cooking your own food. Yes, you're going to have to rent a car, but overall, in general, you're kind of really saving money. And you have the space that's really big, you know, depend if you have multiple families or a multi-generational trip happening. So definitely look for those rentals. If you're not going to stay on site, you might as well find a property that you know really works the best for you that's right and there definitely are some things that kind of are a hybrid status that you know are townhouses or condos but that still have like the some of the amenities of like a regular hotel or resort so there are a lot of options if you just poke around all right so that does it for this episode hopefully we have helped you or not made your decision making too difficult for you when you're thinking about staying on site or off site if you have any other questions, of course, you can always reach out to us, DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, and we'd be happy to answer them. Other than that, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode. And Leslie, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. And I will see you on the Skyliner, the best part of staying on site. Thanks, Dan.